This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I am your host, Lindsay, and I'm so thankful that you are here today. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Gooder. This is my go-to sunglass of choice. They have super cute, functional, and very durable sunglasses over at Gooder. All kinds of different styles. My favorite are the Amelia Earhart Ghosted Me Shades. I wear those all the time, but they also have really fun colors that pop and make things a little bit more exciting. I highly recommend checking them out, not only for running and other activities like that, but also just for everyday life. The price point is also on point. Super, super affordable sunglasses. You all can go to gooder.com slash another. Use the code another and you'll get 15% off your order. Today we're talking with Sinclair Johnson, really pumped about this episode. She recently joined the Bowerman Track Club and she's running for Nike. Sinclair is from Florida and she went and ran at Oklahoma State University where she became the 2019 NCAA champion in the 1500. A very exciting race there where she actually beat Jess Hole, who was the reigning champion that year. Little side note, I just interviewed Jess as well, who also recently turned pro, and uh, that episode will be coming soon. So it was fun to talk to both of these ladies so close together. But the summer of 2019, Sinclair also competed in the USATF National Championships in the 15, and she towed the line next to Shelby Houlihan, Jenny Simpson, Nikki Hiltz, Kate Grace, and she placed fourth in that race. So she just missed making the world champs team right out of school. So it's super exciting to see what will be in store for her over these next several years of her professional running career that is just getting started. All right. And I do want to let you know, I started a parenting podcast as well. And you can find that over on any podcast app when you just look up, why is everyone yelling with Lindsay Hyde? That is what we named the show. And we're going to discuss all kinds of topics related to parenthood over there. Really excited about it. We're six episodes in already. That will not affect this podcast though. I'm going to keep rocking the running podcast over here. I love getting to do this show and can't wait to continue to bring you more episodes with inspiring runners every single Friday on this podcast. All right. Enjoy my conversation with Sinclair Johnson. Today on the podcast, I am excited to have Sinclair Johnson to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Sinclair. Thanks for having me this morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, I've been here in Portland for two weeks um, today, so it's been been good. I've been um, settling in just fine and kind of getting into a routine now. Yeah, new life. That's so exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. So are you super pumped? When did you officially announce that you were joining Bowerman? Yeah, so I um, I had decided actually last December that I was going to join them. Um, I came out here for both NXN and a visit with Bowerman. Um, and so I kind of decided then, but nothing was very official yet um, since I was still staying in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Um, and then... <laughs> 
Um, I think over the summer with the Olympics being postponed, um, I had decided again that I was going to stay actually in Stillwater, um, Oklahoma for the next year. And, um, so then I, I feel like I, some, someone had asked me from, I don't know, some, one of the, the running, um, outlets, like news outlets. Mm. Um, and I had mentioned that I was joining Bowerman. Um, and then like, uh, about a month or two later, um, probably like a month later, the IOC had announced that the Olympics were going to be postponed. Um, so I was talking to my coach a lot and we kind of, we're going back and forth and I was like, oh, well, I feel like I'm in kind of the same position as I was last year. Um, so I was going to stay. Um, but then things changed again. Um, and so I officially, I would say I officially decided, honestly, it was probably about like not even like five, six weeks ago. Um, oh, wow. I, yeah. I called Jerry um, and basically told him that I changed my mind and that I was going to stay because my college coach, who I was being coached by at the time, is really good friends with um, Jerry Schumacher. So um, they had talked back and forth a lot. Um, so he was being kept in the loop. So then I called him and he's like, well, uh, we're starting fall practice in three weeks. So <laughs> I ideally would like you to be out here when we're starting up again. So I'm not you know, jumping into the middle of a training block. Um, and that was, like I said, honestly, probably like six weeks ago. Wow. So it hasn't even been that long. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you you had like committed in your mind in December and then obviously COVID, everything happened. You decided to stay. And when you say you called to say you were going to stay a little bit longer, did you mean like indefinitely or did you just mean like I'm postponing when I'm going? Yeah, I just meant that I was postponing when I was going. Okay. Um, the plan was always to join that group. Okay. Um, trying to figure out when the best time was for me to make that transition. Um. And I just felt with like all the uncertainty mm -hmm. and everything going on um, in the world, like these past, you know, um, six months that I just wanted to do something that I was comfortable with, mm. something that I was familiar with. Um, but I think after they had their um, inner squad meets in August um, and just kind of like realizing that the the type of team chemistry um and that like culture mm -hmm. is something that uh, my coach and I can't recreate in Stillwater it, it just made more sense to actually join the group um sooner rather than later and and kind of like um ironically too like this time was probably better than most times because there is so much uncertainty and and why not be in a group um and be in a stable place and mm -hmm. and know like uh i don't know just like a, it's a little bit more protection i guess you could say um it's a little bit more for sure so um yeah so i ended up deciding again that i was going to come join and um now i'm here and i'm so so happy that i just like made that jump and decided that, um, that it was time to make the move. Cause, um, I think I just needed like a little extra push <laughs> for someone to be like, no, it's time for you to go. So my college coach was that extra push and i um, very thankful that we were on the same page and we're able to, to get out here very smoothly. And, um, yeah, now I'm here and training and it's, it's awesome. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I feel like there's two types of people, like you said, um, you wanted to kind of stay where you were familiar and, and felt comfortable. And I could see another type of person wanting to run as fast as they can in these environments. I wonder, I wonder what played into you feeling that like safety net staying. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I had heard about training at Bowerman and just how much like it's it's you know they're all professionals, so it, obviously there's going to be a level of intensity that mm-hmm. you won't get in a college program, um, just because you're obviously more developed as the years go on. Um, and so I think I was just a little bit intimidated by that. Um, I think also for the past I don't know the like the last maybe year, um, two years really, um, of being with Dave, um, the training was geared towards me and, Mm. you know, whether I was, um, if I was like, you know, not feeling good on a day well, we would adjust the workouts, um, or push the workout back. And, and so it was kind of very personalized. Um, and I knew, and I knew that going to Bowerman, like, obviously it's not going to be personalized towards me. And I think that scared me a little bit. Um, and then, I was feeling, I was like, well, if, you know, the Olympics are happening this next year, I definitely want to be somewhere where I feel comfortable, where I know that the training works for me. Um, and then I know that also there's, there's an adjustment period with any kind of new change. Um, and I didn't ideally want that to happen before the Olympics. Um, so that was like my initial reason for staying, um, after I signed with Nike, um, and then that was going to be my reason going into this year. Um, but obviously like, I just felt like, um, I mean, Jerry's a smart coach, so he's not going to do anything that's going to, going to be detrimental. Um, and I feel like I just didn't really take that into account. Um, I just thought I was going to be like thrown into the deep end. I definitely have it. And I don't, I don't think he will. Um, but yeah, so, um, that was kind of like the initial, um, hesitation to, to join. Yeah, but good for you for making your own decisions, like giving yourself that time to think through it and decide to stay for a little bit longer and then deciding like I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think too, when I, when I um, signed with Nike, I was only 21 years old. Um, And so most of the women that joined the group have gone through Mm -hmm. usually five, four to five years of, um, of collegiate running and kind of have mastered that level. And I felt like I had one really good race, but it was just one race. And I didn't feel like I had really mm-hmm. mastered the collegiate level. Um, but then I guess like throughout that um, summer after NCAAs, I, I kind of proved to myself that I did belong at this new level um, when I um, got fourth at USA's. So yeah, I just, I mentally just did not feel ready to make that um, move and and definitely did not feel like uh like I was ready to be in that kind of like um I mean cuz when when I'm out here it's like this is my life now um and you know when we're in school it's like well I have school I have you know other things going on um but here it's like this is this is running this is what we're doing and this is you know like everything else revolves around it so um yeah I think I needed time to kind of process all of that and and really be ready to commit myself to it. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's walk back to that because you mentioned you had the one really great race and she's talking about when she won the 1500 at NCAAs. I'm curious how that worked with signing with Nike right after that because you still had a year left of college and it just seems a little bit different than what you see as the norm. So share with us how that worked out. Yeah, so... After that race, um, I think immediately my coach was actually getting um, messages from um, someone at Nike. I can't remember exactly who, but um, asking if I was staying in school or Mm. 
you know, like turning pro. And at that moment, I was like, I just couldn't even believe that that was a possibility. Um, because like the night before I was staying in, in school for five years and, you know, and then the next day it's like, all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, you can leave school now. Um, wow. so yeah, so I feel like that came to my attention then. Um, but like I said, I wasn't really ready to make that, make that jump. And I didn't feel like that was the next step for me at the, at the time. Um, and then I had, I just felt like I, I actually took about five days off after that nationals race. And then I decided I was like, actually, I think I want to run USA's and my coach was like, okay, we'll do it. So, um, and and just going through the summer, I just felt like I had more in me and I didn't feel like I had really hit my peak per se, um, at nationals at NCAAs. Um, and then, uh, I ran an 800 out in LA and then, um, the 1500 through the USA champs and then just barely missed a team. So, mm -hmm. um, I think after USA's, it was more of a reality that this is the, the new level that you're competing at. Um, and you know, I belong right here, um, with all these other women. And, um, so yeah, that's when I decided to, uh, give up the rest of my eligibility and, um, sign a professional contract, which was also a pretty scary and huge adjustment, um, and transition too, because I had actually two years left of eligibility. So I had quite a bit, mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. but now obviously looking back on it, it was the best decision that I could have made. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was something that I, that I, like I said, did not think was possible earlier in the summer. Um, and then became more of a reality and, um, yeah, definitely was, definitely was glad now given this past year that I, um, had given up my eligibility and signed a professional contract. Wow. Yeah. I mean, crazy because then all the seniors didn't even get to end up competing yeah. this spring. So you walked into 2019, 2020 school year knowing you would not be competing, but you were going to finish your degree. Yeah. Yeah. So I only had, like, like you said, I only have one year left of um, school and I'm, my coach and I, we had decided that I was going to stay in Stillwater anyways and um, be, be coached by him. So it only made sense for, um, me to obviously to finish my degree. Yeah. So, and, and like, I can't run forever, so yeah. I definitely want something, um, to fall back on afterwards. So yeah, so I stayed in Stillwater, finished school. Um, it was a little different though, cause I didn't go through the same kind of routine as I normally did in the fall and even the winter and spring. Yeah. Um, and then obviously COVID happened. So there was no real routine, um, by that point. So were your parents in the camp of like, you better finish school too? Or were they like, do what you want to do? Yeah. We're like, you're going to finish school. I mean, <laughs> you're way too close to being done to just walk away from it altogether. So yeah. Okay. So walk me through you. Th these are the two things I was thinking about when I was thinking about your NCAA race and you, you beat out Jessica Hole, who was the reigning champion. And then you know, a little bit later, like you mentioned, you run in the um, USA's and you finish fourth and you're running alongside Nikki Hiltz, Jenny Simpson, Shelby Houlihan, uh, Kate Grace, like all of these pros that have been running pro for quite a long time now, especially, I mean, Jenny Simpson, you've probably been watching her since you were 10. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my first thought though, is like at NCAAs, were you intimidated knowing that you were racing the defending champ, but 
did you also have confidence like I can win this thing? Yeah, I I honestly was super super confident going into that race. Um I which is actually interesting because I hadn't raced her at all outdoors and even through cuz we were in the same region, we didn't race in any of the rounds at regionals, didn't race in any of the round well the prelim at nationals um until uh the final. So, I thought it was like really cool to have that all line up and have like our one race of the year together be in the final. Um, cause that's someone that I was like, she was the one to be in that race. And if I beat her, then I'm going to win the race. Mm. Um, and, but yeah, I just had, I had a ton of confidence in myself. I knew I honestly was, I was nervous obviously, but going into that race, I felt so prepared, so ready. And I envisioned this race for so long, um, that I just, knew I was going to win. And I felt like if I had answered, um, every single move in that race and I knew Jessica Hole was going to make a big move at 300 to go. Mm. Um, if I answered that, that move right there, then I had won the race. And, um, during that race, when I'd answer the move, it was like, okay, now I just got to wait and, you know, um, like, I guess kick the last possible moment. So, um, yeah, it was more of like, just like a, a huge confidence in, um, my abilities and, um, and a a lot of belief in myself that I could, I could pull off the win. Okay. So what changed in your, your training? I mean, do you think you just evolved that past year because 25th the year before, what was the difference? Yeah. Um, honestly, training had not changed at all. Like I was doing the same kind of workouts. Obviously I was doing them a little bit faster, Um, but in terms of the actual workouts themselves, we were doing the same exact thing, but I think it was more of like a mental switch. I think it was more of just, like I was saying earlier, just a lot of confidence and, you know, I would show up to a a race on the starting line and look around and just be like, okay, I'm going to win this race. Um, and not like in a, in a cocky way, but in a way that I was just like, I am so confident in my training up to this point. I'm so confident in my kick or whether it's, you know, it's going to be a fast race or a sit and kick, like whatever is going to be the case. I'm, I'm confident that I can, um, that I can perform in that kind of a situation. So yeah, I think it was definitely. And then also the way that we train here, I think the years build and build and build. And I think it's a lot about consistency. And I think, that by the uh, spring of my junior year, I had put together um, a lot of weeks, a lot of months. Um, and I think it just all really came to fruition that uh, that spring and was was a mixture of both mental confidence, but then also just like physically being a lot stronger, a lot faster than I was um, even the previous year. And then obviously my freshman year, too. So who were you working with on the mental side of things? Um, that's a good question. I honestly, it was really just within myself. Um, I, I did see, I did see a sports psychologist, um, my junior, like in the fall. Um, but honestly, I felt like so much was just like, I don't know. I just had this like, like this will and this, um, this want to be so good. Um, Mm -hmm. and I felt like I was going to do whatever it took to, um, to be good or to win that national title. Um, 
And so it was a lot of just like practicing and actual practice. Um, you know, when things got tough, it was and my mind, I was practicing my mind to go into positive thoughts rather than negative thoughts and, and not trying to, um, I don't know, let like the pain, let the discomfort kind of overtake uh, the workout. And, and I think practicing that over and over again, um, just kind of uh, translated into racing. And, you know, there's a lot of times in a race where there's be a split second where it's like, oh, I'm kind of hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they're making a move. Should I go or should I like, you know, kind of give into this hurt? Um, and I think every single time I made that, that decision to go with them. Um, and it always like, usually always pans out that, that for the better. So, um, yeah, I think it was just, like I said, it was a lot of practicing and actual practice. Um, so I feel like the workouts are a lot harder than the actual races. So if you can, if you can practice your mind to think a certain way and workouts and stuff, then it's going to translate into race racing. Yeah. It's that, it's that thing that it's going to hurt regardless. So you (laughs) might as well keep pushing, right? Exactly. Is there a word you say or anything like when you feel like you, that, that uh, turn in your brain where you're thinking, Oh, I could back off. This hurts really bad. Is there a word you say to keep, keep forward motion? Um, not any particular word, but I do tell myself like get through the next, I don't know, 10 seconds mm-hmm. and then reassess. Sure. Um, usually after when I do get through like the next, I don't know, 10 meters or whatever it is, I can feel completely different. Um, so yeah, I feel like if those mind or those minds, those thoughts start to creep into my mind, um, then I tell myself, you know, okay, get through the next 15 meters or get through the next 10 meters and then reassess. Um, and more than not, usually when I get through that next 10 meters, I'm like, Oh, okay, I feel fine. You know? Um, so it's so crazy how powerful the mind is Mm -hmm. and, and running and like how, like, so like you can be in the best physical shape of your life and mentally just not be there and you won't have it on that day. So, um, just, yeah, it's crazy how the mind can control the body so much. Yeah. So were you, what do you watch I'm just thinking back through this transition where you go from like doing well to like winning a national title. Are there any athletes that you watch compete that inspire you to have that fire in your mind? And is were there any books you were reading to help sharpen the mind? Yeah, definitely athletes I was watching. Um, Jenny Simpson, I mean, she was she, she actually grew up like 15 minutes from my hometown. Um, so I heard about Jenny and had been following her since I was, you know, a freshman in high school. Um, and just like her tenacity and like how tough she was in racing, um, and just how consistent, um, I feel like that was really inspiring to me. Um, and then Shelby Houlihan too, actually, um, just watching her finishing kick, um, and just, just watching like, I don't know, just even like her poise in Mm -hmm. racing too, um, I just felt like that was super inspiring. And then even Jessica Hole too, like after, um, well, this is more so after NCAAs, but, uh, when she ran at, uh, the pre-classic and she was just, you know, in the race with a bunch of pros and she just stuck her nose in it. Um, so I think that's, I can, you can draw a lot from others around you. Um, and so, yeah, that was, it's been basically kind of like how I, um, how I have, oh, I'm still here. 
okay um how um I have like tried to um draw like inspiration and um and yeah and, and also you can learn from like how they race and stuff like that so yeah can you even think back to you know competing in high school and did you ever even imagine competing with Jenny Simpson yeah no definitely <laughs> I mean when I was in high school uh she was let's see well, I remember it was like when I was like going into high school, she was like fresh off of her 2011 um, world championship. And I remember getting like a poster um, with her name, like she like signed it at some cross country race. Um, and I thought that was like so cool and like hung it up in my room and stuff. And and so to like I from going from like idolizing someone to like being in the race and thinking I want to beat you is just really, really weird and a strange thing. And, and, um, but I feel like once it becomes more of a reality and once it like, um, once you start doing it more and more, it like becomes, I guess the more, um, becomes more normal. But at the time, yeah, I was not thinking, I was like thinking I was going to be done running after college. I was mm. like, Oh, I'll run, you know, in high school. And then that'll, you know, get me a scholarship to run in college um, and then I'll probably be done. I'll, you know, find something else, go to grad school, whatever. Um, but yeah, and now to be basically on the same level and, you know, racing with her is just, uh, it's very surreal. So in the, in the USA's race, in the race where you got fourth. Yeah. You ran the second fastest last lap to Shelby Houlihan. Yeah. Walk us through that race a little bit and where your mindset was and how you did decide I belong here. I am coming down this last lap and fighting to the finish and I'm going to try my darndest to make this team. Yeah. Um, it was funny. I think like, uh, going into the race, um, I kind of treated it as an, any other race and try to treat it as like, um, like how I was racing in college and, um, and I didn't want to put too much like, Oh, I'm racing against Shelby or, Oh, I'm racing against Jenny. Um, cause I felt like if I went into the race that way, then they had already beaten me. Um, and yeah, so I, but I also did not, I uh, didn't have a whole lot of experience running at the professional level and didn't really realize like how physical those races can mm. be. Um, and it makes sense when, you know, people are fighting for um, world championship teams or fighting for like prize money um, and stuff like that. So it's, it's a lot higher stakes, I guess, than um, the collegiate level is. And so a little bit thrown off by that, like the first couple laps, um, I was kind of getting tossed around, getting thrown to the back and, um, and I didn't really like stand my ground, I guess, I guess you could say. Um, and then I think like my coach had told me is like, if you're in, you know, position, so meaning like if I'm in fifth or fourth or whatever with 500 to go, like you'll make the team. Mm. Um, but I, I believe I was in, I would think I was in ninth place with 500 to go. So I was way off the back. Um, and at that point, it's like, you're not going to outkick any of these women because they're going to be running just as fast as you or if not faster. Um, and so, yeah, I think that was a huge mistake. I just lacked like racing tactics and um, didn't really put myself in a good position going to the last lap. But um, I think with like 200 to go, I made a huge move because I was like, wait, I have so much left, you know, like maybe I can't make this scene. But 
I think at that point it was just a little bit too late. Um, cause it, you know, like the top three had already had maybe five meters, um, on me. So it's hard to close that gap and then also, um, beat them too. So, um, yeah, I think it was, uh, it was, it was a really good experience and I think I learned a lot from it. Um, just like obviously a huge, like a bittersweet moment, I would say, um, not making a team, but then also like just realizing, oh my gosh, I'm racing at this level. Like I am in the mix, I'm in the talk. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a fun race for sure. Yeah. That's so awesome. Okay. So racing Shelby that day, were you already kind of thinking about Bowerman? Were you exploring the thought of different groups other than Bowerman? Where were you in that process? Yeah. So, um, I had kind of already decided Nike, um, at that point. Um, no one knew that. Um, and I was really trying not to let anybody know that just because, um, I don't know. I just didn't want, I didn't want there. I wanted Nike to have to, um, I guess essentially like, uh, fight for not fight for me, but like, um, you know, if you go into, I wanted to have leverage there. Yeah. Good. So, yeah. So I was, uh, I was already thinking Nike. Um, and then I think given that, um, obviously being like the events I am, I was going to be in one of their groups. Um, and I had always heard about Bowerman because of my coach, Dave, um, who was really good friends with Jerry Schumacher. Um, so that was always like in the back of my mind, I think. Um, and then, I think too, it's just like the depth of the women that they had and like the range too was, um, very attractive to me. And I know that the training was, um, like similar on a way that like Dave and Jerry had the same kind of philosophy, um, with training. So, yeah, so I was thinking then, um, and then I think it was just after that race, it was a matter of, um, getting Nike to, uh, agree to a number that, um, I would be comfortable with and that I felt like I was worth, I guess. Um, and then after signing with them, their, their, like big want for me was to join one of their groups. Mm. Um, so then it was a matter of just talking to the coaches and, um, getting to know the, um, to, to know them and to know their training philosophy, um, and taking a visit out here too. All right, everybody, a quick break here to thank a sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Sponsors help make this show possible, and Prevenex has been an amazing supporter over these last few months. This is where I get all of my supplements and vitamins. I highly recommend all runners check out their Joint Health Plus to protect your joints, to make your joints feel better. It is clinically proven to do those things. I actually just received an Instagram message from someone who says they have arthritis. And so she says she tries anything and everything to make those joints feel better. And she has seen a tremendous difference since taking Joint Health Plus. And she's been taking it for a couple months now. I personally have noticed a difference. I'm feeling much better. It improves your joint flexibility. And the the big thing here is that it protects your joints so that you can have longevity in the sport. I mean, that is key. I've talked to the founder and CEO of this company several times, David Block. I actually interviewed him over on the Illuminate podcast. If you want to learn more about the company, check that interview out. We also use the protein powder over here at my house. 
Every single day I make smoothies and shake up on the go drinks for myself in between workouts. It's great stuff. So you all can check out all they have to offer when you go to Prevenex.com, use the code another and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's Prevenex.com. Use the code another and you'll get 15% off your order. All right, everybody. Enjoy the rest of my conversation with Sinclair. Okay, so Bowerman, and then what other Nike group were you looking at? Yeah, so um, at the time, there was Bowerman and then NOP. Oh, right. Um, obviously, no longer a group anymore. Um, but with, like, their history, I wasn't really looking at that group. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then there's also OTC. Um, but I think also just like the women on the Bowerman team kind of speak for themselves. And, um, and I just felt like I kind of, and I liked, I liked being on a college team and having a bunch of other women on the Mm -hmm. team. And I feel like it makes like the environment really fun. Um, and Bowerman had that, they had that like college type, um, team. Um, and so I think honestly, I was really only looking at them and it was just a matter of, um, coming out here and talking to Jerry a couple of times, you know, making sure like we're on the same page um, and then meeting some of the women. But um, I was kind of already dead set on, on them even before I had signed with uh, Nike. Okay. So are you, are you living with roommates? Have you already, you know, been training with the the team at all? What does your life look like right now? Yeah. So I, I'm living with my boyfriend. Well, I will be. Um, he is still in Oklahoma. He'll move out here uh, in December. Okay. Um, so we have a little apartment in the Northwest District, which is uh, just like a mile um, outside of Northwest uh, of downtown, um, which a lot of women and men actually live out in this area. And we live super close. Like I've walked to Chris's house multiple times because she lives about, you know, a 10 minute walk from me. Um, so there's a lot of people that live in this area and then the remainder of them live in, uh, Beaverton closer to to Nike campus. Um, so yeah, we have just a little one bedroom apartment. Um, and yeah, I started training with them last week. Um, we work out Tuesday, Thursday. So, um, I, uh, had, now this is my second week of training with them and it's been fun. It's been a little bit of adjustment to get used to training with 11 other women, um, and especially all and uh, all in a train, but it's a lot of fun because we can switch off who's pacing. Um, and a lot of times I can just like sit back and just go with the, with the pace and not have to worry about really anything else and have confidence that, you know, they're hitting the times. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been really fun. Did the fourth place at USA's give you confidence leading into these workouts? Because I imagine jumping into workouts with some of these women could be intimidating. And I've talked to, you know, Carissa and Elise and Vanessa and all the girls who, you know, when they were freshly joined the team, like talk about how hard those workouts were at the beginning and getting used to the volume. Yeah. Um, I would definitely would not say that, uh, it was, it's easier that I uh, had gotten forth. Um, I have always been a very low volume, mm-hmm. uh, person. So I think coming into a program where it's very high volume, um, 
was very intimidating. Um, and, uh, a lot of the workouts now, like tempo pace is way faster than I've ever done tempo pace in my life. (laughs) So that's, it's been a huge adjustment, um, in that sense. Um, but Jerry's been, been very, um, uh, cautious and, and trying to just like, um, fold me into workouts, um, in a modified way. Mm. Um, so like, for example, last Thursday, I didn't do like the full eight miles of tempo work with them. Um, and so I think we're also just trying to like, I think he's trying to learn me as an athlete. I'm trying to learn his, him as a coach. Um, and so just trying to see like what I can handle and what I can't. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit, uh, intimidating when Jerry says a workout and he's like, you know, this will be pretty easy. Um, <laughs> well, this is nothing, nothing too hard. Uh, just trying to get the legs to turn over. And by the end of the workout, I'm like, uh, that was pretty, that was pretty difficult. <laughs> I said that yesterday. And then after I was like, uh, that was, that was, um, that was you know, a pretty good workout. Like definitely got me breathing. So oh, was that the tempo? No. So yesterday, like Tuesdays are our speed days. So okay. we're on the t- those days. Um, and we usually do like a longer workout. So the workout itself is a little shorter. Um, but even when I say shorter, it's like, it ends up being three and a half miles of work. And, and that for me is like pretty solid. Um, so for that to be like the shorter day, um, I just know that like, I'm going to be in for it here in a couple months. It's only going to get harder from here. Um, but yeah, so (laughs) Um, let, let's let everybody nerd out on the workout. What did you warm up? And then what was the three and a half miles worth of work? Okay. Um, so for the warm up, we do, so we, we we run in minutes. Um, they're called Jerry, oh, yeah, miles. Jerry miles. Oh yeah. I've heard <laughs> of the Jerry miles. Yeah. So, um, it's eight minutes a mile. So I warmed up 40 minutes. So roughly five miles. Oh, that's um, a big warm up. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge warm up And and I'm on the shorter end of things. I think most of the women go 48 minutes. So it's like six miles yeah. um, before you're even starting the workout. Um, and then the workout yesterday, we did uh, four times 400, um, roughly at like 71. Um, and then we did a 100-meter jog, like in between each rep. Uh, then we had about five minutes. Then we did five times 300 around 51, um, and had a hundred meter jog in between those had five minutes rest. And then we did six by 200 around 32, um, and a hundred meter jog in between. So it's like, it was like, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't see sound as hard, but I guess like with the, I'm not used to the hundred meter like rest or recovery and it being like active recovery. Mm -hmm. So we're jogging. Um, so it kind of makes it like yeah we're working on speed it makes like a strength workout too because it's kind of like a fart lick you know just like picking it up and then slowing down picking up slowing down so um yeah it was it was fun it's nice to like change the like the uh, distances within a workout um but it definitely definitely got real hard at the end yeah 100 meter jog like that's not a very long rest no it's it was about like 30 seconds yeah (laughs) that's really short it adds up for sure Okay, everybody, now you have a fun workout to add to your speed session here in the next couple of weeks. You might need to alt, you might need to um, change the paces though a little bit. <laughs> oh my goodness, I cannot believe a five mile warm up. That is, that is so much. Are you getting used to the Jerry miles? I'm sure it's going to take some time to like constantly be figuring that. 
Yeah. So, um, like I said, I've always typically been lower mileage and that's usually because I'm very fragile. Um, my shins have notoriously in the past been, uh, not able to handle really higher. I've never really gone higher than 60 miles a week. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to get used to the Jerry miles because obviously if I go for a 48 minute run or a 56 minute run, so six or seven mile run, according to Jerry, um, it's going to be more because um, mm-hmm. I'm not averaging eight minute pace usually. Um, so I just been trying to also keep track of my real miles because it still is like, I guess, time that I'm spending on my feet um, and just making sure that is not exceeding um, 60 miles. Um, and yeah, it's, it's different too, because the workouts are so long. Like I think yesterday I had a total of 11 miles on the day, maybe um, like after the cool down. Um, and then tomorrow will be another long day. Um, and then put in a long run. It's like, so a lot of my in-between runs are super short. Um, you know, it's like 48 to 56 minutes. Um, so that's been a little bit of adjustment cause I'm used to running, um, pretty much like, I guess like the same kind of mileage each day. Mm-hmm. Um, but since the workouts are so long, I definitely have to adjust and just like try not to get carried away. Um, because the miles do add up really quickly and it's definitely easy to, to get carried away. So I'm curious, and I hope this isn't controversial to say, does it make you nervous about injury? And the reason I say that is because there are a couple Bowerman athletes that have ended up injured. And I don't, I don't know that that's because of Jerry's coaching. They could just have these systems that have nothing to do with that. But how do you feel about that? Does it make you nervous about injury? Yeah. And it definitely does. Um, and that was like one of my hesitations too to joining. Um, cause I did hear about s- some of the women in the past, like being injured and, and I already know from my personal history that, um, I'm probably more fragile than the average, um, person. So that always made me nervous. And, and, but honestly, Jerry's been very like, for at least I think for at least this year maybe things will change next year um but he hasn't really told me a certain mileage I need to hit um is kind of letting me dictate the days that um I'm not um working out um and that way I can kind of keep my mileage in the range that I'm comfortable with um because it also like the intensity has gone way up of my workouts like I was saying I'm you know, running a lot faster than I ever have in my life and workouts. So I don't also want to increase that mileage because I think that's a trap you can get into really um, easily is just like increasing intensity and volume at the same time. Um, so yeah, I think it's a lot of just being conscious and being aware of what I'm doing on the days that I'm not working out because um, obviously I can't really, um, um, I can't really control workout days, um, but I can control every other day. Um, and then also I have in the past always taken a day off every mm-hmm. single week, um, from training and I talked with Jerry and he was like, okay, that's, you know, fine for now. I'm sure like things will change. Um, but I think also it being an Olympic year, um, this next year, I think, um, we are being a little more cautious and just, you know, a, a huge part of the sport is staying healthy. Um, so uh, yeah, I've been really appreciative of how he's been willing to work with me. And, um, but a lot of it I think is just like, you know, yourself and, and knowing your body and, um, and staying on top of things too, um, when things come up. So, um, 
yeah, just trying to, yeah, be, like I said, be conscious of what my days are when I'm not working out, Mm -hmm. um, and just really trying not to get, um, so, uh, caught up in what everyone else is doing because, you know, like someone like Shelby Houlihan, she runs 85 miles a week. So, um, it's really easy. I feel like to get kind of carried away because everybody else is running a lot or doubling or doing that, this or that. So, um, yeah, just, just trying to make sure I tell myself like, you know, these women have been in the program for a lot longer than I have. Um, they're a lot older than I have, than I am. Um, and their bodies are definitely more developed and can handle more. Um, so yeah, just trying to, trying to stay true to myself during this first year, especially. Yeah. I mean, I feel like as a first year pro joining a group like that, it could be really easy to overdo it. I mean, to really just be like, I'm all in. So do you feel like that's something you have to control or can you rely on Jerry to control that for you? And do you feel comfortable, you know, if something feels off just being like, I can't do that workout today? Yeah, I definitely think it's something that you have to um, control. I think Jerry, you know, he's from what I understand um, from like just, I guess, this past week. I haven't really been here that long, but um, he seems very hands off um, and he's there on workout days and will give us the workouts, but he's not going to say, okay, you need to go for um, a 24 minute cool down now or tomorrow you guys need to run all for 64 minutes. So, he's not like dictating those other mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's when a lot of times it comes into your hands and, and you have to make sure that, um, okay, I'm, I know some of the women on the team run on the ultra G on, you know, in between days, um, just to lessen the pounding. Um, I know some women, uh, cross train instead of, uh, for their doubles instead of running, um, for their doubles. So, um, yeah, just finding out what works for you and just sticking to that and, and trying not to, I think really it's more about trying not to get carried away with what, um, others are doing. Um, because obviously like we're all so different and, um, what works for Shelby, like, I don't think I'll ever run 85 mm-hmm. miles a week. I don't think I could ever handle that. Um, so yeah, it's just, yeah, a lot, of, a lot about just being, um, just being very cautious and, and, um, trying to, to do what works for you or what, you know, works for you. Yeah, I've gotten that vibe from the other Bowerman women I've talked to that Jerry's pretty hands off in that way. I find it interesting that, you know, being coached by him, that you then are able to totally choose how you do your doubles and that if you're implementing cross training, like that's all you, right? Like you're writing Mm -hmm. that workout and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I usually for my doubles, I'll cross train. Um, I've never double run Mm -hmm. before. Um, So that's how I get in my, um, I guess, extra mileage as per se. So yeah, it's, he's not going to tell you how to cross train. He's not going to tell you what to do, um, how long to go. So I think it's, it's really, it sounds like a lot of the, um, the other days are just up to you. Um, and I think he kind of has like this expectation for us. Like, you know, you're a professional athlete now, you should know what you, what, what works, what you should be doing. Um, how much you can handle, like, essentially, we know our bodies better than he's going to know. Um, so and I have realized that, like, if someone does say, like, you know, this has been hurting me, um, that he's not going to be like, well, you know, you just push through it today. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he believes you. And he's like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll take this time or modify this or do that. So um, 
but yeah, it's a, a lot of us, a lot of it is up to us. Um, but it has been super helpful to have Shalane now as a coach because she obviously has been through, um, been through like being a professional athlete and, um, and it's been helpful. Even my first week, she's like, I'll sit down with you and, um, kind of go through how we can increase your mileage in a smart way. Um, so she seems like she will be more of like a hands-on and, and someone we can, we can go to uh, with training help, like outside of workouts. Um, and Jerry's just like basically the workout planner. Um, and then we'll obviously plan when we are going to race and stuff like that. So I was literally writing down Shalane's name <laughs> as you said her name. Cause I was like, I want to bring that up next. So that's a perfect transition. Uh, tell me about that and what does her role, you kind of mentioned what her role looks like, but how does that feel being coached by Shalane? And also, was that a factor in choosing Bowerman? Because, you know, three years ago when people joined the team, she was on the team, but she wasn't a coach. Yeah. Oh, a huge factor. Um, I had found out in December that she was um, planning on like retiring and then and then changing her role actually. And I think a lot of people obviously that hadn't been, um, been out to the public just yet. Um, but when Jerry told me, he's like, yeah, we're going to have Shalane on board now. She's going to be part of our coaching staff. Um, I think I, I was pretty much already sold on Byron, but that made me even more sold because one, just having a female mm-hmm. presence, female, like and a leadership role and a coaching role, I think is huge. And, and also um, a female who's been super successful, who's had tons of experience, um, who knows the game like you know the back of her hand. So um, yeah, it's been it's been really really cool to have her. Um, uh, she has like a very calming factor to her. Um, she's she's just like it's just nice to have her around too. And then like I said, she's um, I think someone that I can come to with help with. Oh, how do I incorporate? Um, like starting to incorporate more mileage or, um, what should I be doing for cross training or like, how should I be supplementing, um, in that way. So, um, I think it's going to be a really good person to have on hand and, and have someone to go to and, and talk to about those sort of things. But then also I think it'll be a really good person to have for things unrelated to track and more mm-hmm. off the track. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like, a, I mean, she could even help with the mental side of things. I think, I think there's just a lot more, um, uh, expertise and a lot more, um, just knowledge that she can bring, um, to us. And it's going to be, I'm super excited to have her, to have her also on, on the coaching staff. So, yeah, what an opportunity to work with Shalane Flanagan. That is so, so cool. Have you gotten to meet the baby yet? Yes. Yeah. I actually did last Sunday. We all went over to her house for dinner. Um, and he's so cute. He's such a, like a little happy baby. Um, and yeah, he was actually wearing like a, like a little pumpkin hat, um, when we saw him. And, uh, I think, I think, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Chris who called him Jack O'Lantern. His name's Jack. (laughs) Oh Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's so cute though. Little, little happy baby. I mean, it just feels like the way you explain it, like, oh, we all went over to Shalane's house for uh, for dinner and the baby's there and everything. I'm like, it, that does feel like family. Yeah. Oh, it does. Yeah. And it's weird to even say like, oh, yeah, I went over to Shalane's house last Sunday because it's like obviously someone I've looked up to or, yeah. and, 
you know, have been following for so long and now to be like on a first name basis and going over to her house and meeting her, her child is just very, like I said earlier, like it's very surreal to have all of this be like my norm and my new life. Um, but yeah, it does feel like a huge family. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's been, been really good. been a nice, nice transition so far. So, so fun. Um, what's going on with your boyfriend? He's a professional runner too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he moved to Greenville, South Carolina after he was done, um, with school and joined Furman Elite there. Um, and he was there for a few years, um, and then decided that he was gonna, um, be closer to me. So he moved back to, to Stillwater, um, things training wise just didn't really work out, Mm -hmm. um, for him at, in Greenville. Um, so then, yeah, he moved back to Stillwater this past year in January and then is now gonna be out here with me. Um, and he's still gonna make a crack at the Olympic trials, um, and the steeplechase. So he's still training, um, under our college coach right now. Um, when he comes out here, I'm not really sure what he will do, whether it's going to be, um, being coached from afar or I don't know. So he'll figure it out. But, uh, yeah, that's his plan right now is to, he hasn't been through an Olympic trials, so that's been like his huge goal. Mm. So, um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. I feel like he's got a lot of untapped potential. So can he like sneak in a couple workouts with Evan Jager? <laughs> I don't know how Jerry feels about outsiders. Yeah. I was wondering. I, yeah. Um, I haven't really asked him about it. I think, I, I, I think that Jerry knows Craig, like they know each other. Um, mm-hmm. He'd be a little bit more, um, but I know he's he's talked to Craig Angles, who also trains here. Um, and okay. Craig, oh, you can come jump in workouts with us. So, um, and luckily, there's so many people in Portland that oh, are yeah. still like training um, and running um, like at an elite level. So um, he'll have he'll have at least somebody to work out with. Yeah, this is a random off-topic question. What's going on with the air quality out there right now? It's way better. It's really good. Um, yeah. So, and that was another thing is like, I was planning on moving my life over here. And meanwhile, the air quality was you know off the charts. And so I didn't even know if I was going to be moving here at the time that I was, that I said I was going to. Um, but we've gotten rain, um, of course. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's a lot better. So, um, and hopefully, I don't know. I haven't really been following that as much. Again, I'm not sure if the fires have completely stopped, um, but the air quality here has been been really good. Um, so that's super nice because obviously our sport we need to be outside. Oh a my lot. gosh, seriously, I can't I can't even imagine. It's been just wild. Yeah, it really has. So you're he must be a few years older than you then. Yeah, he is. <laughs> okay, so did you meet when, like, was he a senior and you were a freshman on the team at Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah so he was actually a fifth-year senior, and I was a freshman on the team. Um, and we didn't start dating until, like, February of his last semester. Um, we had, like, hung out a lot, um, but we're kind of like, well, he's leaving, and I'm just starting school. I don't really want a boyfriend. And he's like, well, I'm leaving, and I don't really want a girlfriend. <laughs> Um, but it kind of just ended up happening. We really liked each other and started dating and now it's been almost four years. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a good decision that we made. (laughs) Starting a life in Portland now. 
Yes, we're excited. Uh, all right. So what's one thing professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Um, let's see. So professionally, I would say that I want to make an Olympic team. I think that's obviously been a dream of mine for a long time. Um, and then personally, this sounds this is like pretty small, but I want to read more. I feel like mm-hmm. I now like I'm not in school anymore and I'm not like forced to read. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to still like, um, I don't know, stretch my mind and learn new things and stuff. And um, I haven't found enjoyment and just reading for pleasure. Um, and so now I want to kind of explore that more. And um, yeah, that's been like, that's a personal goal for me, something small, but um, yeah, something I definitely want to want to get more into. I love that goal. I mean, I've been out of school for very long time. And I remember feeling that same way, like, oh my gosh, I can just read for fun. Yeah. It's such a it's good such... feeling. <laughs> yeah. What is an accomplishment you're most proud of? Um, I have to say my national title. Um, I felt like that months and months of preparation and, and that was basically from, you know, I came back in the fall, um, uh, for cross country season. That was my only goal that entire year, um, was to win that national title And, um, so for, I don't know, for it to all like come to fruition and just to have so much, like, I mean, there's just so much time between like, you know, the fall and the, and like the spring summer. Um, and yeah, just everything worked out. And, um, I was just like super proud that I, uh, executed it on the day. You did it. (laughs) I did. Awesome. What's the best, most recent book you've read? Oh, so I'm currently reading Daring Greatly uh-huh. by, um, oh gosh, Renee, Renee Brown. Renee, yeah. Um, and I like it. I, I'm not typically into like self-help books, mm-hmm. um, but the, the women on the Bowerman team are doing a book club, um, every month. So this is like the book, uh, for this month. And oh, fun. I liked it cause it's, um, it's, it's a, it's a cool way to like think differently about things. And, um, it's all about vulnerability, um, and seeing vulnerability as like a strength and not a weakness. And, um, I'm liking it so far. I love that you guys do a book club. That's awesome. I'm a huge reader. Um, I love Brene's talks a lot more than her books. For some reason I get bored with her books. I, it's just me though. Like she's always talking about the the sociology and all the all the things, and I'm like, ah, this is bo- that that part is boring to me. Yeah. But when she speaks on a stage, I feel it. Yeah. So in this book, she talks about how she did like a TED talk in uh-huh. Houston or something like that. Um. Um. So I'm like, oh, I I'm gonna go now that you said that too. Yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna go check that out and and hear her actually talk. Yeah. And also, she was on a while back. She was on Dax Shepard's podcast, Armchair Expert, and it was, I think they did a live show. It was good. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Oh, and she has a podcast now. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you seen, did you watch the show or read the book, Little Fires Everywhere? No, I haven't read that book. Okay. So read the book or watch the series. There's a, they have, there's a series too. And then Go to her podcast, and she interviews Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington, okay. um, who play the two main characters on the series, and it's so good. 
The interview's so good. Like they, they talk a lot about motherhood. So like I feel it to my core, a lot of the things they say, but you should definitely, I can't say if you should read the book, you should probably re- read the book first. You know, the book's okay. always better. Yeah. Um, but I stumbled upon that podcast because uh, someone had suggested a different one of her podcasts because uh, I, I started a, my own parenting podcast and I was okay. just doing some research and someone suggested a different guest. But I stumbled upon that one and I was out for a run listening to it and I was like tearing up on my run. It was so good. So now everybody go listen to that. Um, are you binging any shows? Not right now. I actually, my mom was here. We watched, um, which is like totally out of my element. Um, we watched uh, Emily in Paris, which is like a new. Okay. It's a. Uh, it's it's really cute. Um, just not like my typical Netflix show, but um, I liked it. It was it was it's about like this girl, you know, traveling to Paris and working in Paris. So um, it was cool. It was, it was only one season. So, and the episodes were really short. So that's always nice to be able to just binge a whole season like that. Yeah. I'm just about to finish up Schitt's Creek. So I will, I keep seeing people tweet about Emily in Paris. So I guess that's going to have to be what I look at next. <laughs> next. <laughs> Who is someone fun, motivating or inspiring you'd like to have coffee, tea or cocktail with? Um, when I saw this question, I was like, I, this is not someone like motivating or inspiring, but I thought like someone would be really fun to have, um, coffee or tea with. Um, it's, uh, Kate McKinnon from, I I know her from like SNL, but like, obviously she's like an actress too and has been in, um, movies, but, um, I, we, like my family, we love watching SNL. Um, we never like we're able to stay up late to watch it on the East coast, but we watched it like the next day. I was like her sun- Sunday ritual. Um, and she was always my favorite person on there. So, um, I think that'd be fun to like, and just like, I don't know, just have hear her experience, um, with, with like acting and, um, and she's also hilarious too. So I think it'd be someone fun to fun to go get coffee with. Yeah. She's hilarious. I feel like in this, uh, generation of SNL. I'm like, is she the Kristen Wiig of of right. this group? You know, like the one. Yeah. And I think yeah. she is. She's so funny. She is. They're all good though. Yeah. I love. I love them all. I also love SNL. It is. It's hilarious. <laughs> what is your one message to send to the world? Hmm. I would say. So I say like when I get asked a lot, like, Oh, like, what would you give advice to like your younger self or to like other people? I feel like the one thing that always sticks out to me is like, you never know what's around the corner. Um, and I felt like for me, like so much change in just a year, like from my sophomore to my junior year. Um, and I felt like if, you know, there'd been times where I'd given up or, um, I don't know, like lost sight of my goals or lost sight of focus that I would have no idea like what's right around the corner. And I feel like that's true. And just like life in general, too. Like, um, it's a lot about just showing up and, you know, just putting in a lot of like consistent days. And um, because like, like I said, you just never know, like what can be around the corner. Um, You know, like a promotion could be around the corner, like a big breakthrough could be around the corner. Like, you know, you could find the man of your dreams around the corner. So, um, I always just like to live by that. And I think that's like something that, um, can be applicable to all aspects of life. That's great. I love that advice. You're wise beyond your years. 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. All right, friends. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Sinclair, for sharing your story. We will all look forward to cheering you on and can't wait to see all that you do over these next few years. You all can find Sinclair on Instagram. She is Sinclair Johnson over there. You can find me on Instagram. I am lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter, at lindsayhine. And you can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine where we have a group as well. Don't forget, I started a parenting podcast. If that's your thing, check it out. It's called Why Is Everyone Yelling? Something I find myself saying all the time. I hope that you all have a great Friday. Happy Halloween. I hope that you have a fun Halloween. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, I will see you next Friday.